Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here, and I want to welcome you to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today, which will be concluding our great interview with author Guy Morris. Now, if you've been listening to the last two episodes, you realize by now that Guy Morris is not your average author. No, sir, indeed. His background includes leading development teams in various corporate settings, including artificial intelligence. Now retired, he's combined his Christian background and faith and his business experience with his excellent writing skills and has published three books, but we've been focused in this three-part interview with two of them, The Swarm and also The Last Ark. Folks, his books are fictional thrillers, but with a hint, more than a hint, though, from a Christian perspective. But they're dealing with one of the worst case scenarios for the end times that our government's aware of and worried about, artificial intelligence going rogue. I'm telling you, folks, these books are great, and so is this interview. Amen? If you missed any of the first two parts of this interview, you need to go back and catch up. I know I say that a lot, I know, but for part three of this interview to make the impact on you that it has on me, you need to hear this entire interview from the beginning. Amen? All right, that being said, let's jump into the conclusion now of this interview with Guy Morris. Let me ask you this before we move on to the books and stuff. Does artificial intelligence pose a risk to everyday Americans or possibly people around the world, for that matter, as to hacking our accounts or identity theft and things like that? Well, hacking accounts and identity theft is already a major problem. Um, 3.5 billion American identities have been stolen over the last 10 years. We don't see the impact. Not every American sees the impact of that because I believe that China and Russia are using that information to weaponize it. Um, as opposed to doing petty theft. But we're now, uh, ransomware has gotten to be such a problem that it's costing the, our economy about $5 billion a year. And if we don't stop the identity theft and the ransomware, it'll go up to about $100 million a year in about five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of people will try and use facial recognition on their phones and other places or a thumbprint. That's the most dangerous form of identity protection because... In 2019, 2.1 million uh, facial identities were stolen from a company called Clearview, the company that, as you go through the airport, wants you to be able to use your face to get through the line quickly. Their system was hacked. So just like any other system, a system of facial identity uh, can be hacked as well and sold on the dark web, which means that if somebody steals my password, I can always reset my password. If somebody steals my facial identity or one of my biometrics, I, I can never reset those things. Yeah, I, they true. basically own me till I'm till I'm done. Yeah. And so, as AI gets involved in those things, yes, it does pose a danger for us. As criminals start to use um, deep fake video technology, that also poses a misinformation to disrupt and create chaos and and social unrest. Um, AI weapons certainly pose a problem for us if as we 
as if the economy goes sideways and under certain scenarios, you can see certainly China is already moving in direction of using artificial intelligence to control their populace. Um, those techniques have been talked about within the United States, uh, certain circles at least within the United States as ways of controlling unrest here. And so um, does it pose a, a threat for citizens? Yes. Amen. But Amen. if I look at scriptures, scriptures are very clear that if we're faithful, um, uh, which means if we're law abiding, if we love each other, um, if we are, are are looking to the Lord for our answers, um, um, there's a level of uh, if we persevere, yeah. we will endure. And, and and make it to the end. And so I try to tell Christians, as a Christian, I'm not worried. And I know that the FBI has been looking at me for years uh, <laughs> based on the fact they already showed up at my door at least once. <laughs> and I'm sure they didn't leave it there. Um, but I, I I don't fear that because, I A, I know the Lord's on my side. B, I know I'm not doing breaking any laws or doing anything nefarious. Uh, I'm not using malicious things. I'm not hacking into any systems. I'm using all public-related information. And in some cases, I'm just reverse engineering what I think that one little obscure article might have meant. Yeah. Um, so it, I, I don't really fear, see it as a fear element, but I do see it as a fulfillment of prophecy. So when we look to prophecies about the beast, when we look to prophecies about the mark, um, AI is going to enable, for example, um, uh, we've all heard about cryptocurrencies. And, and the reason the, the cryptocurrency market failed recently and is on the process of failing is because it's essentially a Ponzi scheme. The only way that those cryptocurrencies have any value is if I can get more and more and more and more people to basically use them. But they have no fundamental economic uh, or other um, baseline to them that gives them value or uh, inherent value. Yeah. Um, but the world, but they are a great way of controlling what people spend, how they spend it, where they spend it, and tracking that. Um, and so we now see the more um, malicious intent, and and to a great extent that that ability to control and track. Just like China's using AI to basically do that with their citizens using facial recognition and other parameters, we can now use AI to basically monitor cryptocurrency transactions to do the same. And we see the World Economic Forum proposing a program called the, they're calling the Great Reset, which is going to be part talked about in my next book. To use cryptocurrency to replace currencies with cryptocurrency, yeah. Yeah, so that they can control. Yeah, a lot of major governments are trying to lean that way, including the United States right now. They're trying exactly. to develop their own. So there are some there are some threats there to our privacy and and our our um our freedoms and and independence, um and but nothing different than what scriptures told us we should yeah. be aware of. Yeah. And we should be aware of them as signs of the times to know how soon he's coming mm -hmm. so that we can turn our eyes, lift our eyes and, and turn to heaven and, and not turn inward to say, how do I how do I dig up? <laughs> how do I create a, a bunker, a, a, yeah. a bunker and, and basically yeah. try and hold up? That's not the mentality we're, we're, we're told to have. Uh, and because if these things are happening, then his coming is his his coming is soon, Amen. which means that this is not going to be something that we're going to have to deal with for very long at all. Right. And, and Jesus even said in Matthew 24, 22, that unless those days are shortened, there should no flesh be saved for the elect's sake. Those days will be shortened. And, and on your website, you pose a question that what if prophecy is not about how God will destroy humanity, but how humanity 
will destroy itself. Exactly. Explain that for us in light of what we've been discussing today about and how the probability of AI getting out of control and starting to take over and destroy humanity, how all that relates. Well, if, if you look at AI, if you look at the, the aggression, so I, I like to tell people, and, and for years I kept thinking, you know, we have all in our current age and trained in all the things I was trained in with all the education I had, I, I came to the realization that we have every single resource that we need from technology to uh, artificial, to computing, to communications, to the number of people, to the amount of wealth on a global level, to solve every single one of the world's problems from hunger to thirst, to education, to peace. We have the ability to control it all today, but we don't. And the only thing we lack is the spiritual purity and will to get behind our tribalism, to get beyond our greed, to get beyond our hubris, to get beyond our pride, um, to get beyond um, our ideologies, and see every single human as a child of God that, as Jesus said, we should love. Yeah. They don't have to agree with us to love them. He doesn't say, wait, to only love the people who agree with you. He said, just love. And we have that ability, but we don't do it because of our spiritual nature being corrupted. And so when I started looking at how prophecy was being fulfilled in the modern times, for decades, many prophecy teachers were taught, had talked about, and for years, they were trying to predict into the future that somehow God was going to bring all these calamities on the earth to judge the earth. But as I started looking at how prophecy was being fulfilled on an active basis and a real basis, a statistically proven basis, I started realizing, well, this isn't the act of God at all. This is the outcome of our of our sin. This is the outcome of our own failings. This is our own undoing. We're the um, vehicle of our own undoing. And I started really linking that prophecy itself was telling us how far along the line we had really reached this this decay of our of our moral and spiritual decay and how god would basically come at a point in time when it had reached a point where it was irreversible and uh, it was time for him to intervene yeah not that he would be doing these things to us but that we would be doing these things to ourselves and part of his salvation was to finally put an end to it so using rather than letting us deteriorate into the dystopic scenarios we see in science fiction right and so what you're saying is base in that sense then prophecy is basically an alarm clock going off for humanity Bingo. right amen amen this is the nature of man and when it reaches this phase when it gets yeah. this bad christ will return yeah because at that point in time humanity can't control it anymore exactly and amen. we're we're reach we we've, we've We've reached that point. We're at that threshold. Yep. Yeah, we're at that threshold right now. Amen. Now, before we get ready to close, I want to talk about the two books you've written, two in a series called the SNO Chronicles. What does SNO stand for? SpyNet Online. Ah, okay. So SpyNet Online, and it's pronounced snow. I, in the okay. book, we pronounce it snow, the, uh, the Snow Alliance. Uh, when this program, which I gave a name to, the program that escaped is now and decoded in time prophecies is now a character in the book. Mm. And I named it Sylvia, which stands for Sophisticated Language Virtual Intelligence Algorithms. Mm. Sylvia has aligned with a um, a kind-hearted hacker named uh, who's living under the name, whose real name is Carrie Nolan, 
Um, he's living under the name of Derek Taylor, who is the name of his best friend. But his friend died in an explosion that was meant for Carrie after Carrie had hacked a Bilderberg Illuminati server. Mm. So trying to stay away from the people that want still want him dead. He um, he and the Sylvia basically build a worldwide network of everyday people from every walk of life as confidential informants and and people and an alliance of people to, to for help um, as they kind of combat this beast level systems these and that are that are developing. And now um, Derek is originally just trying to basically just find vengeance for the death of his friend, but ultimately changes and realizes that that's not where he should. That's not where as Sylvia opens his eyes, that's not really where he should be going. Um, but it will deal with the world economic systems, world banking. Um, now, most people don't realize when they read the scriptures, they get very confused. But there's actually two beasts mentioned in Revelation, and there's two dragons mentioned in Revelation. And so we go through and we define what we believe those two beasts and those two dragons are based on, on, on scripture. And it essentially boils down to the, the major world alliances and powers that exist today. Um, and how those two uh, alliances are are being set up for conflict. Yeah, Amen. and so it doesn't say. So I, I a lot of people interpreted scripture that it was a Christianity versus uh, Islam. Uh, I don't interpret that it that way at all. It's really Christianity against the world economic power systems that want to control us, manipulate us, and own us from cradle to grave. And um, and and those are the systems that are actually in place. So those are the systems that are actually um, um, leading us to this demise. They're the ones that are actually polluting the planet and destroying, creating climate change and using profit as a motive as their God. They're able to basically do all of these other things. And that exists both in the Western world as well as the Asian world. And um, and so you're going to see, I think, um, that um, uh, that. As those as the prophecy prophecies are fulfilled, you're going to see these types of events really kind of unravel, including what I mentioned about the global currency. Now, this book was released in 2020. Swarm. And, Swarm was and, released in 2020. Last arc and, was released this last November, 2022. Was was uh, Swarm a uh, a result of the lockdown? You know, nothing to do. Let me write this book type thing. Or <laughs> was it years in the making? Well, it was kind of years in the making, but I had retired from Microsoft a couple of years before that. And um, I decided that I, I have a very dysfunctional relationship with leisure. Uh, I, I just can't get I can't sit and watch TV too much. I just can't sit around and relax. I, I have a hard time relaxing. So I want it to be productive. And the, I, I think it was the Lord putting on my heart that it was time for me to now write about these things that I had been aware of for a number of years. And again, put them into a context of a. I use an international espionage thriller. I've been compared to Dan Brown, Iris Johansson, Robert Ludlum. One person said yeah. Tom Clancy. So I wanted to use that type of vehicle, that platform, to reach out not only to Christians to help them reaffirm their faith um, and and give them a different understanding of world events, but also to reach people who were not Christians to basically open their eyes and and to provoke thought and hopefully dialogue between them to say. 
what do all these things mean? Uh, are these prophecies um, true and, and accurate? If so, what else does that mean in terms of my spiritual life, my spiritual beliefs, uh, and 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 where are we going? And so the the books are a series of books that we're are going to look at all realistic scenarios on the or on on going on today, from politics to religion to science to technology, climate, and and put them into the perspective of uh, prophecy, um, but through the vehicle of a the type of action thriller people love to read, which is page turning and lots of danger and people escaping and things going on, and you're learning something new. You're going some that you maybe you didn't know. You're going someplace around the world that maybe you've never been, and there's uh, uh, there's hu- uh, humanistic themes or, or or you know not humanistic but in that sense. I don't know that's the wrong word. Um, there's morality. And ethics and Christianity kind of bubbled in between that through the veil of thought. Amen. Amen. The second book is The Last Ark. Share a little bit with us about that book before we close. Well, The Last Ark deals with the third temple and prophecy of the third temple. Now, for many years, um, I thought, well, a third temple is just, it it could never happen the way many people envisioned that it would happen, um, which which was the destruction of the Dome of the Rock and, and all of that. And so in my research around the prophecies of the third temple, that's when I stumbled on, and I mentioned earlier, the Ark of the Covenant that was stolen out of Ethiopia, the Ark of Testimony that is now defined, we can now get to via the Copper Scroll. Um, and the um, I did a, a number of books. Uh, there was a book written by a guy named Christian Widener called The Temple Revealed that looked at the archaeology, the history, the scriptures around the temple to suggest that the Solomon's temple was never over the Dome of the Rock. Mm. The Dome of the Rock, and there's a couple of, there's two or three really important distinctions there. One, we know the temple was built over the threshing floor purchased by David. Well, there is a section of the threshing floor still present in plain sight this very day. Anybody who, who tours Jerusalem can go see it. It's on the temple platform. It's under someplace called the Dome of the Spirit, which is directly in front of the original Golden Gate, which was the original Shoshan Gate. Um, and the uh, and that's where the only threshing floor exists on, on the Temple Mount. So that's where the temple was. The where the dome of the rock is, the the rock is, and and the Lord scriptures say that the 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 ark could never sit on rock cut by man because that would be blasphemous. So the threshing floor is a flat piece of of stone with a lot of pot marks, and that's where the ark was laid. The ark and the stone underneath the dome of the rock has is all kinds of cuts. People who anybody who's seen pictures can see that. But more importantly, underneath that rock is a natural cave that most people don't know about. It's called the Well of Souls. And in that cave, there's a hole driven through the top of the cave, and directly underneath that hole is another hole, a three-foot-wide tunnel that um, archaeologists in the night, early 20th century uh, from Britain got um, basically discovered. That tunnel leads all the way to the Kidron Valley. And the conclusion was that was where the 14-ton bronze altar were put. So the cave and the hole and the tunnel were basically there to cleanse the altar. So where they have the Dome of the Rock is where the old altar was. Where the temple was, was basically under the Dome of the Spirit. So technically, the scenario that I talk about is how a peace deal uh, between, um, and I don't want to tell you too much in the story, um, be, between a, a former U.S. president and a um, and, and somebody, a Saudi crown prince, um, to 
um, basically build a temple, agree to a temple on the third uh, on the Temple Mount, doesn't have to replace the Dome of the Rock in order for it to happen. It only has to sit next to the Dome of the Rock. Yeah, amen, amen. And so that's it'll it's a it's basically so an espionage peace deal, and you'll yeah. learn all about these artifact or these ancient uh, relics, and you'll learn about the the history of the arcs, and you'll learn about the you'll deal with this. I'll deal with the solar winds and some other espionage things that make it intense. But it's a um, it's a it's an extension of Swarm, and the main character, who's basically becomes a fugitive at this point, has to save the life of the woman who turned him into a fugitive uh, mm. twice. Wow, amen. Hey man, guy, this is so interesting. I mean, I, I can talk you, about this for hours, but, but we're about out of time. How can someone order copies of your books? Are they on Amazon? I'm on Amazon. I'm on Barnes and Noble online, I'm in Kobo, and a few other places. Or if you want a um, a signed edition, you can order it from my website. And my website also has free um, white papers and research papers around prophecy that talk about my analysis of some of the key elements of prophecy, including definitions of the beast and everything else. Uh, and you can download those for free. Okay. And if someone wanted to get in touch with you to ask a question, do an interview like this. Uh, you can contact me through my website, um, or um, it, it's, which is the best place. I, or you can uh, email me at guy at guymoresbooks.com. Okay. Um, but please explain where you um, learned of me and, and what you want to talk about. Because of, uh, oftentimes, as you can imagine, I get <laughs> potential hackers trying to fish me. Oh, so yeah. I'm very cautious about who I respond to. Yeah, Just let me know where you heard me from and, and be happy to talk to you. Amen. And what's your website? Um, guymorsbooks.com. Okay. Amen. Amen. I just want to make sure we got that in there. Yeah. And I'll put links to all this down in the show notes below as well. Thank Folks, you. Thank you, sir. As I stated at the beginning, there is absolutely no way any person with any spiritual insight at all could deny that we're not. Li- I mean, we are living in the last of the last days. How mm-hmm. close are we to the actual last days is anybody's guess, but it's close, very close. And, and I believe, guy, I, I reference it like, you know, you're at the baseball game mm-hmm. and the game is the end times. And we are, you know, how they introduce a lineup and the players come and run out and stand on the sideline or on the chalk line. Mm-hmm. They're doing the introductions right now. <laughs> the game about, is about to begin. You know, the seven the seven year tribulation is right at our threshold. Amen. That's right. Amen. Folks, you need to drop down into the show notes, click the link, go visit Guy Morris's website. The information on there is riveting to say the least and be sure to click the links to order his books swarm and the last arc these books are riveting and are guaranteed to hold your attention and make you think think about what brother about like we discussed the most important question earlier what if prophecy is not about how god will destroy humanity but about how humanity will destroy itself the point of prophecy is not to predict the future or stew in dystopic fear but to evaluate the present, to rethink our life priorities. Prophecy is the alarm clock for humanity. That's taken right from Guy's website. I urge you to drop down the show notes, click the links right there. Guy Morris, this has been truly an interesting interview. I do appreciate you taking the time to come join us today and fill us in on all this great information. Thank you so much, Robert. It's been an honor and a pleasure, and I've really enjoyed it. Amen. Folks, that's all the time we have for today. Click the links, order these books, folks. For Guy Morris, myself, this passed by reminding you to be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. 
With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.